0: Part 4 History Stories Collection Russia had fought bravely for the Allies at the beginning of the war, but about the time the United States entered, a revolution drove the Khazar from his throne. Russia was so upset by the revolution that after a year it gave up trying to keep its army at the front and made peace with Germany. Hundreds of thousands of German soldiers were thus left free to attack the Allies in the West. Germany thought that if she could succeed in taking Paris before many Americans arrived in the trenches, the war would be won. It was her last chance to win. Before the spring of 1918, each of the Allied armies had been acting on its own plan. The places where the trenches of two armies came together were of course the weakest and were favorite points for german attacks it was now decided to to have one commander for all the allied forces botch a french general highly skilled in the science of war was chosen for this task in their drive the germans always struck at the weakest point they found this where the French and English armies were joined. They drove forward in mass formations or solid blocks. Thousands upon thousands were mowed down by the English and French guns, but on they came. Back, back, the Allies fell day after day until the Germans reached the Marne again. The world held its breath. Each day the Germans were expected to break through, but each day the Allied troops retreated. Slowly they moved, fighting, and always holding at vital points. America was eager to be the greatest possible help in the grave danger to Paris and France. The Allies were short of reserves. General Pershing put his own honors second in the same generous way he had done at school, decided to scatter the Yankee troops all through the French and British lines, wherever they were needed. German had sneered at the united states because she thought the people were so devoted to dollars that we could not or would not fight now she began to learn how high the war flamed in the soldiers we were prepping to send by millions to france by the help of england's great fleet the United States was able to send over more than a million men by the summer of 1918. The American troops then formed a united army fighting under their own flag. They took over a hundred miles of the front, relieving tired Frenchmen. Another million arrived by November. The Allied command gave Pershing command of the region between the Aisne and the Marne. The Germans thought the Americans untried and expected to break through by using their best shock troops. In July, the Germans struck a terrific blow at Thierry, Without waiting for artillery, Pershing struck and in six hours had captured as much ground as the Germans had spent six days in getting possession of. The Americans were advancing with great rapidity. The Germans were dumbfounded. They did not have time to remove their supplies. By the generalship of Foch, the great German attack was stopped in the middle of July, and after that it was the German army which was in danger. Now Pershing got ready for St. Mihiel. He drew from the French and English ranks the Americans he had sent to learn war from these veterans. Now he also had tried men. Saint Mihiel was important. It threatened the famous battlefield of Verdun and protected the great German fortified city of Metz. On September 12, the Americans burst forth in a rain of shot and shell, such as the Germans had seldom before witnessed. The fierce battle raged for four hours. The Americans then charged across the river yelling. German soldiers had been taught to despise These green American troops, but these same Germans now cried, "Comrade!" in dead earnest. Five miles of ground were gained before these green Americans halted. The next day, the artillery opened fire at one thirty in the morning. Before the day was done, more than one hundred and fifty square miles of German territory were in the American possession. Both the French and the English were busy. The French were driving at the center of the Great Line stretching from the North Sea to Switzerland. The English were driving the Germans out of the Belgian cities. Many large battles were fought by the Americans besides the smaller clashes that occurred. The greatest one was in the Argonne Forest. This was a half-mountainous, woody country, much of which was covered with underbrush. The Germans had fortified it strongly. Besides their great cannon, they had filled the Argony with nests of machine guns, placing them in gullies and behind trees, stumps, and rocks for protection. Here, too, they had their best fighting men. The battle started on September 26. This was the most bloody fighting of the war. Companies had off and lost for a time. The Germans were bound to hold the forest, and the Americans were bound to win it. Gradually the Germans were forced back, thousands were captured and thousands more were killed. They could not stem the American tide. After many days of hard fighting in which the Americans proved themselves fully equal to the best shock troops of the German army, victory fell to the better army. The storm was just breaking loose on Germany. The combined navy of the Allies was choking out her life in spite of the submarines. The English in Asia were capturing the strongholds of the Turks, and the Italians now were gaining against the Austrians. Calamities came fast, Bulgaria, an ally of Germany, surrendered, Turkey followed. The hungry people of Germany began to plot revolution against their rulers, and the armies were retreating toward the Rhine. Seeing that his cause was lost, the German ruler, the Kaiser, gave up his throne and fled to Holland. The German generals agreed to an armistice November 11, 1918, by which they gave up much fighting material and moved back many miles across the Rhine into their own land. The American doughboys were splendid fighters. The officers had to check the rash, daring of their men. They did not need to urge them forward. The Americans were drilled in methods of attack rather than defense from the start. A joking comment was made that it took only half as long to train American troops as it did others because they only had to be taught to go one way. The ordinary American showed what courage lay behind the quiet round of his peacetime life. After the armistice, the nations which had won the victory planned to meet in Paris to make a treaty of peace. President Wilson went over to France to take part in this meeting. The men who made the peace treaty gave France her two states, Alsace and Lorraine, which Germany had taken in the War of 1870. They divided Austria into a number of separate states, giving to each kind of people its own government. They took land from Germany and Russia and created Poland. They also decided that Germany should pay Belgium and France for the destruction of property in those countries. Included in the treaty was an agreement called the League of Nations. Its purpose was to combine all nations, great and small, in a covenant which would work for the peace of the world. The need of a league was urged by men of different parties in this country during the war. A great number of Americans were in favor of such a world agreement. This country had always been a peace-loving people and had fought in the hope that this would be a war-to-end war. But after the armistice, Europe remained more unsettled than anyone had expected. In spite of all the treaties, war of various kinds continued in Europe. President Wilson toured the country speaking for the League, but met much opposition. American people came to believe that under the League they would be too closely bound up with European affairs which were now so disturbed. In 1920, the question of entering the League in its original form was widely debated. It was the chief point on which the presidential election turned, and the result was overwhelmingly against the League as it had been drawn up at Paris.